da da da. Hello, everyone. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good night. Wherever you are, whoever you are. Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Playbook. And we thank you for flying the Real Estate Playbook Airlines today. We know you have many choices <laughs> in the airlines, and we're glad that you chose us. Uh, we're back with guests this week. I have a very special guest, someone I've wanted on for quite some time. Her name is Annie O'Sullivan. How are you, Annie? Hey, gotta say I love that radio voice. That's pretty good, right? Right, that late <laughs> night DJ voice. Be like, hi, you have reached. <laughs> I've had some time to practice it, so you know. That's awesome. Yes, we like that smoothness. <laughs> so Annie, um, I've known you for quite some time now, about yeah. two years, I believe. Mm-hmm. For the people that don't know anything about you, how would you describe Annie O'Sullivan? How'd you get to where you are today? Oh dang! Okay, I love that question. Um, <laughs> Well, I feel like I'm pretty awesome and amazing, um, eccentric, because I just, I really love life. I love learning new things. I love the ability to come at it and just see all the different things that are available and like how dynamic it is, regardless of everything else that's on and ongoing, really, with just the world in general. And it's like, hey, how can I do this where it's just, it's a better place because I'm here. Mm -hmm. And I really do make a conscientious effort to that about with everything I do so that's what I do um, obviously I'm in real estate too so I've been doing that for 11 years Oy. I know like that that's a weird thing to say um, <laughs> but I realized yeah it's been a while because um, there's something I was doing on the phone and my kids are literally over there and they're like scripting themselves to like yes hi I'm Annie O'Sullivan's admin and are you looking to tour a property have you set up your you know and I'm like oh my gosh yeah how much have you seen this and heard this that that's just they know the drill exactly I'm like oh okay they know when to shut up when I'm on the phone now all of it I've trained them well very awesome so 11 years you've you've done a lot you've seen a lot um where were you before you came to 54 Realty if I might ask Ooh, so I was actually in the timeshare industry. I worked nice. for Wyndham, um, and it was over in Colorado. I had started with them. It was in the more in the administrative um, aspect and role, while people would be literally coming to an office, and they would be like that presentation, and then you would sign up yeah. to like get whatever timeshare package it was and everything. And I love that aspect because with Wyndham. It was the first time I had experience where you're not locked into like one property at one time a year. They had that flexibility with points where it's like, hey, you have this much points you can use, use any of our resorts. And each of them had like point value. Neat. So I was like, oh, that's kind of a clever way to do it. And I got to say the perks of working for a company that has resorts around the world was nice. Uh, you got to travel and, you know, oh, cool. you got a lot of things like that. Um, especially when my kids were young. So being in Colorado, being able to hit up a bunch of like the ski resorts and stuff yeah. like that. And they were like, yeah. So that was fun. And then that actually prompted me to move down here because I transferred with them to come to Florida. Well, welcome to the Sunshine State. I know. No regrets, man. No regrets. It's an overdue welcome, I'm sure. <laughs> but, you know. And you guys are big on uh, Disney as well. Is that right? Yeah, maybe a thing of mine. Oh, yeah. Say, <laughs> as my cup here is all Disneyfied over here. Uh, yeah, we're pass holders. Um, definitely love going and the perks of that. Um, uh, James actually got me more into that than, you know, I enjoyed it, yeah. but when I first moved down here, my kids were a lot younger. And so I was one of those parents that was like, I'm not going to be dragging my kids around that park if they can't walk for themselves and like handle being at a park for the whole day. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, you be you better be able to walk. You better be able to take the rides and not be tired and like start crying in the middle of it and stuff yeah. like that. So I think I didn't actually even take my kids until my youngest was like seven or eight. Um, but I got to say, it made the experience so much better and less stressful for me. 
I haven't been in <laughs> so long. I need to get back because, you know, now that I'm an adult, you can do the Epcot drink around the world thing. Yes. So. <laughs> I go so much more now without my kids. Mm. Well, that's <laughs> awesome. Them, they're like, Mom, where are you going? I'm like, I'm off to Disney Peace. Yeah. Um, and it's great. And it's things like that. I like um, Epcot with, yeah, the drinking around the world's awesome. They have so many different festivals. The art festival is actually one of my favorites. Really? Yeah, it's so cool. Every year I pick up something from there and it's been amazing and cool to see. Some, one of it's in my office actually too. Is it the lion that's back there? No, not the lion. It's the Yzma and um, Gronk oh, picture nice. yeah. that I have. <laughs> I love that picture. It's one of my more favorite movies from Disney. I, I love those characters. The the pull the lever Gronk line is know, forever stuck awesome. in my head. Yeah, I so feel like that movie was underrated. It was so clever. Totally agree. <laughs> We drifted a little bit, but I'm curious <laughs> what brought you to 54 Realty because I know you had your own team. I did. And so how did that kind of come about? It was actually pure timing and happenstance because I had just finished. I had gone through a medical procedure, actually. So I had my team, but I was off for two months because okay. I was in recovery and everything. And then Joe approached me about this opportunity. And it was something I'd never heard of before, never saw and like even the infrastructure didn't even exist. And that would be Zillow offers. And so he's like, hey, you know, there's this thing we're doing. Um, they're gonna be buying and selling houses and it's completely new in our area. And by the way, we're the only ones gonna be doing it. Hey. And I was like, ooh, that's <laughs> fascinating. And you know, it was like basically presenting a challenge and being like, hey, how do we do this? Yeah, something brand new. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that just was like that little carrot that was dangling. And I was like, oh, that sounds like fun. I need to tackle this and see what I can do, what, you know. It was like testing my metal, yeah. like what I got. Yeah. So yeah, that's what really started the whole thing awesome. was that opportunity. <laughs> so just a quick shout out, because I think Brett Watkins was on your team. Am yes. I right? Okay. Yes, he was. You all know Brett Watkins. You love him. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> How could you not? So, <laughs> yeah. so it sounds like that was a lot, Annie. Like It sounds like something I wouldn't personally know where to even start. So what? <laughs> For people that don't know too, like when I actually started at the brokerage, it was on mm -hmm. the Zillow offer side doing yeah. CMAs. And that was early. How early on was that into where you guys were in the program? 2019. And you came on 2020? Yeah. So I think within six months, oh, okay. we had you join. So yeah. So it was still in its early stages. Yeah. It got built up a lot. The team got a lot bigger. Yeah. Um, I mean, what was it like? There's a lot of moving parts that I don't even know about. So was it as challenging as you had thought it was going to be? What was, was it rewarding, you know? Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, definitely a lot to unpack with that one. Yeah. Because it... <laughs> We knew it would be challenging because they told us we were going to be starting from basically the time that anybody was curious about like what their home value was worth. Like we were going to be involved in that aspect of it, yeah. saying like, hey, this is what the market price is. And then Zillow was going to come in and present like a cash offer based on that. Mm -hmm. So we knew we were going to be very, very early on. And then from that, it was also facilitating and helping them actually buy the houses and, you know, coordinating with the sellers, making sure the move was as smooth and seamless as possible. And then the renovation aspect of it to get it ready for the market. And then we were helping Zillow turn around and like put it back on the market to sell again. Yeah. So tons of moving pieces. And we were the only ones handling that whole process. Yeah. And that's why I said, like, you were in on the very early phase of just being able to see, like, the people and get the values for their houses, mm -hmm. at least a broad stroke kind of thing, until we could get somebody into the property. Right. Um, what we had no idea was just how attractive of an offer that was to people, mm -hmm. because they're like, oh, yeah, you know, we're going to scale this. You'll probably have 
like 40 a day or whatever we were at the point where we were getting like 200 inquiries Oy a day. They. <laughs> <laughs> and that was just on the front end and then you know they were being very aggressive they wanted to be number one and so then they were literally writing offers on everything and they were great offers too that were market value there was like very 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 little discount in terms of like the convenience factor of it yeah. so then we were you know closing anywhere from 200 to 300 actually i think our best month we had 500 houses we closed from sellers so like yeah like just the sheer (laughs) volume and scale of it we went from like zero to 150 in like that like (laughs) the drake song you know yeah yeah oh my gosh yes (laughs) (laughs) so that part was where it became a challenge Mm. just trying to keep up with the demands of everything okay and then making sure we had enough staff in place and the proper staff because you know we're still dealing with, you know, people's largest financial asset. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, making sure that they got a fair offer, making sure everything was coordinated for the moves, um, especially with the people moving into the houses and stuff like that. So that's where the challenging aspect of it was. For sure. So, yeah. I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this, but obviously you spent a lot of time hands-on with the process. Yeah. And I'm curious because um, the market is hot. I try to avoid going directly into that in these episodes sometimes because, you know, ad nauseum. But um, were you seeing this as a as a better option for people versus just going traditional sale with an agent? Or is it just dependent on the person and how they want to do it? You know, yeah, it was totally dependent on the sellers and who what they were really doing with their, you know, next step. Basically, if you had someone who was looking to move up into homes because, you know, we came into this place where all of a sudden remote work was, you know, a very heavy aspect and influence Mm -hmm. and their current living situation, like maybe not fit that mold. It made complete sense because they were able to sell their house knowing it was on cash deal, made it simple. And then they had very little contingencies like to move and buy their next house. That was a huge part of it. Um, But then on the other side, we had a lot of people that was like, no, the market's hot. I'd rather see what the retail buyer would pay me for it. Mm -hmm. And we were surprised on what those offers look like, too. We're like, yeah, you want, you know, 50,000 over ask price? Here it is. (laughs) Like, no (laughs) questions asked. It was like, here. So it was definitely case by case on their perspective and what was going on in their life. But it was just awesome that there was options that we could provide. Yeah. And that's the part that was really cool about it. It's like, hey, if you want this, great. This is the option. If you want this way and this makes more sense for your family, take this option. That's kind of how I was approaching it as well in my asking of the question. Because yeah. you see tons of options for like buying now too. You have the rent-to-own programs, yep. all this stuff that even we're doing at the brokerage. Yeah, exactly. I think Ribbon and Divi are examples of those rent-to-own totally programs. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's nice to have options as a seller too, I think. Um Man, most people are in that same boat. They got some place they need to live. So yeah. <laughs> being able to give them that opportunity where it's like, hey, you can buy your next house. You have the peace of mind that you're being able to move. And there's nothing going to fall apart on this side that all of a sudden derails the rest of your process. Because unfortunately, no matter how much we've tried to streamline and everything, mess- moving itself and buying and selling is still a very messy process. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, there's just so many different factors between, you know, the stringent lending requirements, you know, things like that. So being able to just say, hey, these are avenues that you have and keeping on the forefront of all that. So that way we can provide our clients the best experience was a win-win. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm sure many people know that Zillow slowly kind of phased out of that a little bit. Yep. Um, So we, I think, are still wrapping up some things with them. We We still have things, balls rolling with them. Yeah, we're down to our last 10 properties, and only two are active 
the rest are like under contract and it's just a matter of closing them out. So that's wild. I know. So it's been, been what, two and a half years? Uh huh, two and a half. So um, I'm curious, like, how do you feel now that it's come to a close? It's been bittersweet. Yeah. Um, I'm excited because, hey, it's the next chapter. Mm -hmm. And it was like, hey, you know, it's time to move on. And, and I'm always that person. Like, I feel weird when I get stagnant, just mentally. Yeah. For me, I have to go, what's the next thing? What, what do I have to learn now? What's my next, you know, chapter? So that part's great. Um, it's a little sad and bittersweet because of where we were and like how we built it out that it's just like ending like your baby right yeah. i was like oh dang because we were like we we're gonna take over the freaking country yeah <laughs> <laughs> the way we had it structured and like we were in sync and we had everything ready to rock and roll and it was like every challenge that we had hit and like roadblock we were able to come up with solutions and advance it and still keep the rhythm like zillow never slowed down their acquisitions or their sales because of us yeah. We always met every challenge. So that was awesome to think like we did that. Absolutely. It's like we were the number three, I think, total in the country out oh. of all these markets, you know, as far as volume. And then we were number one when it came to like our accuracy, our pricing and our success. So I was like, yes. <laughs> so that part, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, the 813 is coming for you, the rest of the country. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, Annie. So yeah, bittersweet, like you said, because it, it's definitely yeah. a win. But uh, speaking of next steps, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, for people that don't know, Annie just took on a new role. I'll let her tell you a little bit about it. But Annie, in this new role, which is Chief Information Officer, CIO, what kinds of things are you focusing on? I know there's a lot of moving parts, as we <laughs> said, but that's kind of your wheelhouse. So It really is. And I'd say the best thing I'm doing is, you know, today's age with what agents are like expected to do in terms of having a CRM, texting capabilities, you're supposed to be marketing yourself between social media ads, like however you do it, even like snail mail. Yeah. You know, there's so many different aspects about our business. Um, my chief role is really fine tuning and refining all of those systems to make them coordinated and work effectively. So that way as agents, like for the rest of our brokerage, you're focused on what you're supposed to be doing, which is, you know, going out in the field, meeting clients, showing properties and then writing the offers because negotiating the contracts, being able to handle the inspections, appraisals, like that's already a full-time job. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine just running the administration aspect of your business mm -hmm. with like how your CRM is going? How's your marketing going? What's your social media doing? Like are all your systems working together the way they're supposed to? So that way your searches are going to the right clients and stuff yeah. like that. So I'm really in charge of like assessing where all of these systems are, how we're utilizing them. And more importantly, if there's any kinks in the systems as far as like, oh, well, this is working, but not as well as it should be, yeah. I clean that up. If there's something with either like, say, our newsletter, you know, it's always great to have a newsletter. So you're like always talking to your clients and everything. But if your system for the newsletters doesn't talk to your, say, our CRM, which is our customer management system, what good is it doing? Because then you're in two different systems having to log in and all this stuff. So yeah. it's just that refinement process of cleaning it up and then finding the newer stuff because every day we're getting marketed with like hey here's the new shiny thing that's happening that's going to work well and it's going to make your life so much easier to push up a button you'll have leads and everybody's going to want to talk to you because you're the master agent right yeah but how does it actually work yeah logistically does it fit in with everything else or do you have to like redesign everything from scratch so like i'm working in the background now doing all those things testing them seeing like does this like at the end of the day the question i always ask myself is when i'm in the field does this system actually make my job easier where I have to do less work 
or does it make it more complicated? Is there more steps that are unnecessary? Exactly. And if the answer is, you know, no, there's more steps and it has to work, you know, it's causing me to do more work outside of, again, meeting clients, writing contracts and negotiating deals, then it's not the system that we need. So that's what I'm doing on the back end, which means our, the rest of our agents and our brokerage don't have to. Well, God bless you for that. <laughs> you it's kind me... of annoying sometimes, let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine. Well, you made me think of uh, Joe because Joe is, is similar minded to you where like he sees a new technology and he wants Heck to yeah. try it, but Lord knows he doesn't have the time to be trying everything like you right. are. Right, so. testing it, sampling it. Does yeah. it really make sense? Or do we end up buying something, not utilizing it effectively, and yeah. then it's a waste of time and money? Yeah, I think the synergy is super important because absolutely, as you mentioned, there are a lot of systems and that's a common, not necessarily gripe, but thing mm -hmm. I hear from agents that are onboarding is like, I have this system and that system and blah, blah, blah. And then they slowly start realizing all these things sort of come together. So it sounds like you're kind of fine tuning that experience yes, for them, exactly. which, is, which is awesome. And that's like an added plus on top of the fact that um, we already have this sweet thing built out where we take away what you were saying, all the administrative stuff from the agents yeah. and are just constantly improving on that. Yep. So I think that's a really important role to have. Lord knows somebody has to do it. Right. That's the thing. Yeah. It, like, it has to be done. <laughs> so that's awesome, Annie. So um, that was actually all I kind of had to ask you about that. Um, Sweet. We already talked about your team a little bit. I've, I've, yeah. I want to circle back to it kind of because two things I want to ask you about. The first thing is, I guess, what was it like starting that? Because I've talked to agents who potentially are interested in starting their own or they're like, how the heck do you even do that? To be honest with you, mm -hmm. and this is where I come from, my perspective, I don't know a whole lot, okay? <laughs> so I, I just wonder, A, what's the benefit of starting your own team and then kind of how did you approach it? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I started my team back 2017? Yeah. Way down the Around line. Around that time frame, 2016, <laughs> 2017, stuff like that. Um, Brett was like one of my first agents on there. Um, we ended up with three total agents and one admin on it um, at its peak. And the reason of doing it was just because the sheer volume of clients you have and inquiries and things like that, you just can't do it all on your own. Okay. Let alone if you want to do it all on your own, you know. Um, again, when you're on your own team, and I was considered an independent, so I was responsible for sourcing my own business and bringing in and, you know, lead generating things like that. So. Yeah. Part of that, you know, I was always, you know, putting things out there, working, managing my own CRM, and then I would get clients in, and some of them I could, you know, I was doing great with, but then as I got busier and busier, there was only so much time in the day. And that's really where it came from. So it was okay. like, hey, I need other people to help manage this. So it started to grow beyond me, which is awesome. That's a great problem to have, but it's also a problem. Yeah. That you have <laughs> because now you're like okay well what's what are these people going to look like so you really do have to assess what is it you're looking for in the people you're going to be adding onto your team you have to have very very specific like view um i like to it's you know my terminology for this is an avatar but just knowing like who is it going to be is it going to be a buyer's agent but if i'm buying a, or if i'm utilizing a buyer's agent what are they going to be doing for me is it just yeah. in the showing aspect am i going to have them where they really need to be refined with just writing offers for me and negotiating experience or do i want someone who's completely green and i'm showing them everything from start to finish because a lot of those different things will determine how involved you're going to be in their training, the expectations, and then setting it all up. Because it's not like you can just walk in and say, hey, you're working on my team. Um, here's some stuff. Good luck. Goodbye. Right. You know, again, 
you're outputting money for, you know, my lead generation or like my listings and stuff. And I want a certain level of customer service. And there's that quality that comes into place. So, you know, being able to share that, making sure that my team, you know, had the same expectations and knew exactly what to, you know, they were going out there and how they were representing themselves as far as from a professional standpoint. I was like, hey, this is what we do. This is how we go. You know, even this is what you wear because this is a standard. (laughs) As simple as that sounds, you know, but it's like, no, we are doing it this way. And knowing all that up front saves you so much time. Absolutely. Because you're setting it up, you're setting everybody up for success. And then there's no questions later going, oh, I didn't know, or, you know, this isn't what I was told and all that other stuff. So you're like that. And then obviously holding them accountable to all those standards. Yeah. Saying this is what I want. This is how it's going to be. This is how you talk to people. This is how you're going to. I know. Something as simple as that. But, you know, making sure that you use. (laughs) Right. Making sure you're using proper language. You're professional. Like, you know, you're not using the normal slang. Or Mm -hmm. if someone starts going like TBD, you know, you're like, what? Seriously? Did you just say that to a client? No. (laughs) Let me remind you that this is their largest financial asset. Yeah. Don't do that. (laughs) But those were my my expectations on like how I took care of my clients and my business. So I shared that. Just had to translate to everybody else. Exactly. And be like, this is what that looks like. Um, And so just laying it all out there and saying, this is what I need. This is what it looks like. This is the expectations for you. Are you on board? And people say yes or no. And then the benefits are obviously the training, the accountability, the showing up, knowing that there's consistency with your, you know, income, your job, like, you know, every day, hey, I have to go into work because X, Y, Z is going to happen now. So a lot of agents who are either newer or, you know, doing it, trying to handle all of that stuff on their own, especially from the marketing perspective and stuff like that, knowing that a lot of that's already done for you and you can just focus on like these little things made it a lot easier too. I can imagine it brings me to this and I do this all the time, but I'll bring up this theme that comes up all the time on here, which is, um, and I've heard different people at different levels say this, you can't do everything on your own, really. Nope. I haven't seen one example yet of somebody that successfully does that. No, because you can't. Yeah. So <laughs> You really, really can't. <laughs> so that's where I think your, your, um, this, the picture you just painted kind of speaks to that example. Yeah. Um, what was the other thing I was going to say? Oh, yes. Yeah. So it sounds like it was a net positive experience, too, because it was kind of a, a launching pad. Yes, it was. You arrived here, right? Mm-hmm. So that's awesome, Annie. So people out there, if you want to start a team, give it a shot. You know, you never know what could happen. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, Annie, so there's the second thing I wanted to ask you about that was uh, something I found in my research on your team. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember if this is on your agent site or where the heck I found this, but uh, you guys had a slogan, people before properties, right? Yes. <laughs> so that's another thing that kind of comes up on here a lot uh, in talking to different agents, which is obviously clients can feel that if you are if you are operating on the flip side of that properties yeah, yeah. before people, right? So uh-huh. I'm wondering kind of how that applies to either your career or how you were running the team and what that kind of means to you. Oh, yeah. So um, something everyone said is you need to have a very clear vision of what your business looks like and what the end goal is. Yeah. Um, And some people come up with these really complicated, although very eloquent phrases and terminology and being like, you know, to create a lifestyle for our clients through real estate. And so, you know, like really nice and cool. Yeah. And I'm like, guys, this is me. Like, (laughs) like, I, I, I love the words and everything, but I don't if you were to ask me what that means, I'd be like, uh, you know, like it's too confusing. I wanted something very simplistic that comes across where I'm like, look, guys, this is what my goal is. This is what I'm going to do for you guys. Um, Are you in or not? So like 
how I was presenting the information for like adding agents to my team and stuff, I do the same thing with clients. Yeah. It's a two-way street. You know, every person you meet, I love meeting new people all the time in terms of getting like, hey, this is what's happening with the market. This is what, you know, this is what you need to be prepared for. This is what's going on. Does that make sense? And then people will either say yes or no. And that's okay. Like, it doesn't matter actually what the answer is. The point is informing them so that they can make the best decision for them. Yeah. Again, I've, I've already harped on this a few times, but largest financial asset for anybody. And we are helping them create that if they're either a first-time home buyer or we're helping them build upon, you know, a foundation that was already there. So for me, it's our due diligence and our responsibility to take care of that. And that's where the people before properties came into place. I already know that not everybody I'm going to talk to has to move right now. Moving itself is a pain. Nobody wants to do it. I mean, I'm in this industry and I, I hate moving. Okay. Let's be real. Moving sucks. Um, it's a hassle. It's, you know, there's nothing nice about it. However, the benefits of being able to have somebody who was in like a starter home and all of a sudden now they have two to three kids and they're able to upgrade into a newer home that all of a sudden now they're financially settled and like they're on these things. Like that's an amazing experience that we get to be a part of. And you're like, yes. So I've always wanted to share that with people going, look, I will tell you everything you need to know to make the best decision for you. That's where people before properties comes in. It's never been about the actual houses because walking into a house and being like, yes, this room that has the thing called a refrigerator and a stove, we call that a kitchen, guys. Hey, they know that. (laughs) You know, like, I don't need to explain that to anybody. That has nothing to do with it. But it's like, does it work for their family and their circumstances that they're in right now? That's why I said it's always been about the people first. Because that's who we're focusing on, and that's where our customer service comes into play. Couldn't have said it better myself. Oh, yeah. Literally could not have. (laughs) (laughs) My, um... (laughs) I got him derailed. (laughs) My... (laughs) Gotta have fun. Always. Uh, I guess what that made me think of is, again, a constant theme on here. But I've never, I don't think, directly asked anybody this. So I think you're a good person to ask it to. I find myself in having these conversations with different agents trying to assess, do they see themselves as more of like a salesperson or do they see themselves more as like an advisor? Oh yeah. And just from listening to you, how you explain that, I would imagine you lean towards advisor. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Maybe you could illustrate what the difference is between the two, which you kind of already did, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is what's awesome. So I always say like we go into anything and we're always talking to people um, for two reasons. One, we're finding out about their personal circumstances because that's, you know, the leading factor on why they're making the move. And two, the market and the conditions. Yeah. Do those two things marry? And if they work together and it's, you know, a benefit for your clients, you're proceeding through the rest of your sales journey. If it doesn't, which guess what? Majority of the time, that's what happens. You know, it's not always the timing for those particular people. Then you're like, all right, do not pass go. This is what you got to do. Wait a little bit. You know, we'll stay in touch. I'll keep you abreast of what's happening in the market. And then, you know, when it's the right time for you to capitalize on it, boom, that's what we do. So that's where I say an advisor makes more sense. Absolutely. Um, A salesperson's just like, hey, let's, you know, list your house. Or, hey, you want to buy a house? Let's just go find this one. It's everything you said you wanted. Yeah. Regardless of if it actually makes sense or not, because especially right now, like so we are dealing with um, a lot of turmoil in our market. Um, 
I swear every day Preach. I hear about the fact that, you know, we're going into this housing bubble, even though our data is pointing in the other direction. Mm -hmm. So there's that. But I do have to have that conversation almost daily. Like, hey, what's going on? Are we about to hit this recession? Everything. I'm yeah. like, well, a recession versus a housing bubble are two very different things. I was like, because we go through cycles. That's why it's, you know, a cylinder and everything in these round things. Because um, it goes up and down. It moves all the time. It was supposed to start moving and then we got hit with COVID. So yeah. that kind of altered some items. But ultimately, like there's key factors in determining if we're in a housing bubble. Equity is one of those things. Interest rates, another one of those things. You know, how many people are in default and all those factors from our last housing cycle isn't matching up to this one to say we're going into a bubble. Gotcha. So that's a very, very different thing. And we're talking about numbers and facts, not emotions. Yeah. And that's where we're the advisors and we're the professionals because I don't expect the normal person that's out in the world to, to keep that. that. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not their job. All they're hearing is like what's on the news. Mm -hmm. Their job is whatever their job is. You know, if they're sitting there and they're a pet groomer, that's their job is to make sure that Fido is super happy and, you know, comes out looking beautiful and gorgeous. You know, I love that. <laughs> Let oh, yeah. you do that. <laughs> I'll do this. I got this covered. I'll do the reading. Right. <laughs> that's where we go into it. Salespeople don't factor any of that stuff in or they don't care about what the market conditions are. They're just looking to get, it. you know, I'd say a quick buck, but there's nothing quick about real estate. It's more about saying, hey, look, let's just get you to move because it benefits me, yeah. regardless if it's a benefit for you. Yeah. So I'd say those are the biggest differences for me. Absolutely. Well, you made it very clear for me. I always think of like a car salesperson when I think of oh, yeah. the salesperson model mm -hmm. because it's like, Walk in the door, you're fresh meat. I don't care what car you end up in as right. long as you drive away from my lot, you mm -hmm. know? So that's that's great, Annie. I think that's probably the best approach to have. Um, and it's all about just I mean, it's client. worked for me so far, so I'm going to yeah. stick with it. <laughs> saying, like, uh, I'm good. You're still here, so you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Try it out. <laughs> so, Annie, um, my next question is more geared, or next couple of questions are more geared towards you personally here. Ooh, so okay. And I always say I'm a Pisces, sounds, just so you know. Okay, you're a Pisces. I'm a Sag myself. <laughs> I have a lot of Pisces in my life. Word. Love them. Shout out to the Pisces. Ah, yes, we're good. <laughs> what would you say, Annie? And I always feel like it's a job interview question, but what would you say is your biggest strength or your biggest asset that's helped you get to where you are today? I'd say adaptability. Mm -hmm. um, it's one of those things that um, I love. People around me hate because of the fact that I'm like, hey, what's the next? You know, like when I tackle a project and it's good and it's running right, I'm like, cool, what's next? Yeah. Instantly, people are like, well, don't you want to sit here and enjoy? I'm like, no, it's boring. Like, what I, what's next? What's the next thing I can learn? What's the next thing I can do? What's the next yeah. thing I can improve on? You know, like that's my natural inclination. So it's very weird for me to be like, okay, everything's good. Everything's settled. Like, that's it. Well, your shirt is perfect for that because yeah. wake up, kick ass, <laughs> and then most importantly, repeat. repeat. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, let's go, man. Um, yes, that's exactly yeah. how I feel. Um, and so for some people, it definitely throws them off because I'm like, hey, you know what I just found out today? Yeah. So NFTs, man, crypto, real estate, Oof, yeah. rock on. That's like a whole other thing I'm working on right now. But some people are like, wait, 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 wait we're, we're still trying to sell houses that are actually here in the real world. I'm like, yeah, I know. But there's going to be a new way well, to do it. We can still look at this. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, come on, come on. And they're like, whoa, time out. <laughs> you know, I get that more. Mm. And I'm like, no, no, it's going to be cool. Like, we can do this. And trust me, it also makes that, you know, I will fall on my face because of that. Not everything works out. Yeah. But that's okay. Like, I am one of those people that I'm okay with 
um, the words failure, obviously. Mm -hmm. I never think of it as failure though. I'm always believing in like the faith and the timing of everything and that I can always learn and create something from it. Like even with the Zillow Offers program, yes, it's dying, but it wasn't a bad thing because all the stuff I was doing like with my team individually, I was able to amplify and really scale up with like the administration. I mean, like I said, I had only three other agents, four other agents, and then an admin staff. Like that was it on my own team. Yeah. All of a sudden I went to Zillow Offers and I had a staff over 30. And, you know, we were still being able to kick butt. We sold like 3,000 houses in like 18 months because of it. And it was like, boom, 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 boom. So like that experience was phenomenal in terms of really scaling up, learning how to manage all these other things, the leadership aspect of it, keeping everyone motivated. Like I loved everyone on my team, even when you were on there. (laughs) That's how we started, man. That's right. Throwback. Yes. And so like, (laughs) and then keeping it where everybody felt they weren't stagnant either and that they can move on to other positions that they wanted and being able to have that fluidity and stuff like that. So that was a big part of it that I learned and it was amazing. Yeah. So it's like, Oh yeah, it's dying. I'm like, yeah, but look at all these amazing things I was able to do. Check it out, man. Yeah. And a lot of the, uh, the original Zillow team, they're still here. I mean, Yes, I know. Ryan Pride hanging out over there. Exactly. Freaking Bobby's. Yeah, Bobby, right? He was on our team and stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Then we have Kaylee, who's one of our transaction coordinators. Alex was a transaction coordinator. He was on CMAs and stuff. So, like, yeah. And then I have a bunch of people from the AP department that was on um, on our resale side. That's right. So, yeah, there's a good amount of people. When I did that final, like, hurrah party and stuff and realizing Mm. where all the invites went, I was like, oh my gosh, people from our insurance team. Both of them oh, were from yeah. Zillow That's offers right. and stuff. So it's like, oh yeah, look at all these people and all these different ways we were able to grow and create, yeah. you know, all these opportunities for them. But they all started here. Far reaching. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> uh, the beginning half of what you were talking about there remind me of something that Emily Haight said when she was on two-ish weeks ago, which is so corny, but like you've seen The Office, I'm sure, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, the you missed 100% of the shots you don't take oh, yeah. you set on the board. Well, yes, that's a real quote, and, and it kind of reminded me of what you were saying there. Yeah. And then Mike Peoples coincidentally said something very similar, which is like, paraphrasing, but he failed like 3,500 times to get like five wins or something oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that makes so much sense to me because, yeah, you'll never know if you don't try. Right? right? And then see where the other avenues and stuff open up for you. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's amazing. So, Annie, on the flip side of that coin there, everybody has obstacles, weaknesses, whatever you want to call it, that they've had to overcome. Is there anything that you've overcome in the past or perhaps you're still working on in your career that you would liken to that? Um, So, funny thing with all of this, people think that I'm actually very confident in my abilities and stuff like that, but I'm always second-guessing myself. Sure. Which sounds weird because you're like, well, how can you have both of those qualities? Right. It's because of my adaptability or if someone questions me to the point where it's like, wait, is it right? Should I double check this? and Stuff like that. So like that's where it's a hindrance at times because anytime someone comes up and they're like, I instantly get a question or challenge with something, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I will always stop second guessing and be like, wait, is did they learn something new that I don't know exists yet? And so that's where it's a hindrance. Because people are like, no, you, you nailed it. It's fine. And I'm like, but maybe I did. And so yeah. that whole second guessing, not, you can call it like either not having enough faith in yourself or something like that. It, I feel like it's because I'm always testing and I'm always in that like challenge aspect. So when someone's like, nope, nope, this is the way it has to be. And I'm like, oh, really? Yeah, right. 
And then I'm like, wait, wait, wait. And then I have to like reel myself back yeah. in and see what's really the case. You read my mind literally because I was going to say, I think that is a byproduct of just trying new things all the time. Yeah. Where obviously you're never going to know everything right. right away. Exactly. I was just having this conversation with my girlfriend who just started a new job and she's like, she's been there a week and she's like, you know, I always feel so bad for my coworkers and customers when they're asking me questions and I don't know the answers. I'm like, you literally <laughs> just started. Right. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. She it's won't fine. hear this, but just, I, I think that perfectly applies to what you're saying. So, I guess, how do you overcome that? Is it just a, a matter of time to build up the confidence or? Oh, I don't know if I'd say it's a matter of time. I think it's more, I've learned to have faith in myself and trust myself with my intuition. Yeah. If I'm like, look, even if it, you know, later I find out I'm dead wrong, 99% of the time, if my gut tells me I'm on the right path, I go with it. And I'm like, look, I can't keep questioning. I can't stop what I'm supposed to be doing because of what's happening. Like, I just, something's telling me this is my path. And I got to go with it. Even if I don't know where it's going to end up. You got <laughs> shoot. Right? I'm like, yeah. but the, it's really hard. Because like I said, that's the part where I'm like, oh, wait. So-and-so said it should be like this. Maybe it should be like this. I'm like, I know our contracts forwards and backwards. Because I can read them in my sleep. Like, I've done so many damn but yet someone out of nowhere would be like, oh, remember uh, section 3B and line 72? And I'm like, yeah, I know the area and stuff. Okay, if you're talking about financing, gotcha. You know, that's that section. They'd be yeah. like, did you know this means no contingency? And I'm like, wait, what? Hold up. Yeah, and I'm like, what do you, what do you is that what does it? Oh my God, I've had it for these many years. I know they just changed it and I read the new contract. And then like, so then I go through this like weird spiral in my yeah. head about was it right, was it wrong? I'll go check. And I'm like, no, no, I had it right. Okay, cool. And then to come back and be like, yeah, no, so this is how I perceive it. This is my style. You know, but like having that, when someone tries to put me on the spot, though, uh, I will back down and be like, oh, I need to go check. And yeah. so now I'm like, no, no, just trust your gut. It's fine. You're going to make a mistake because no one knows everything, and it's okay. Gotten you this far. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Made it. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> Ta-da. So, Annie, I just have uh, two more questions for you. Here. All right, rack them out. All right, so this is the fun one. If you hadn't chosen real estate as your career, what would you be doing? I really, really don't know what <laughs> else I would be doing. <laughs> um, people ask me all the time, and I will tell agents this all, um, as well. Like, I wake up, and you know, real estate isn't technically a structured career path. You know, like you make your own hours. You're an independent contractor. You can work as hard or as little as you want. Yeah. But I get up every day and like I said, I'm like, okay, what's the next thing I need to learn? What's the next thing I need to do? Like, how can I help my clients be better? How can I help the brokerage become better? Like, that's my natural inclination. So to sit there and be like, if you weren't doing this, what would you be doing? I'm like, I couldn't picture being in a regular job nine to five right. where like I was an account where it's like, okay, just tackle these tasks and that's it for your day. Like, I'd be so ridiculously bored with that. Uh, I'd probably be coming up with crap to do around the office or playing a lot of practical jokes on people to occupy my time. Hey. Yeah, I'd be really good at that. I could see you in something creative, too. That sounds like maybe your inclination. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Where there's endless things to try. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like, I wasn't very artistic in my, like, drawing abilities and everything, but I did do a lot. Yeah, me and stick figures, we got that down. <laughs> <laughs> On Pat. Yeah, but, I mean, I did big-time stuff with, like, theater, um, acting, and then, like, musicals and stuff nice. like that. So, like, I was always drawn that way with things. Um, and I loved music. I think music's fantastic. Maybe a producer. I could see myself doing something like that. 
is constantly in my head. There's always music going on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have a soundtrack, man. My life soundtrack is great. I always thought, and this is something I always thought was funny. I would talk to people and I'm like, yeah, you know, like, what's your mood right now? What's your vibe? And they'd be like, oh, nothing. I'm just tired or whatever. And I'm like, oh, yeah. You know, like, right now I got some jazz. You know, and they're like, what? And I'm right. But like, that's me. Like, it's always happening. And like when I'd watch movies and, you know, they have a soundtrack playing about things. Mm. I'm like, yep, that that's exactly how my brain works in my life. So to hear people that are like, yeah, I don't do that or whatever. I'm like, are you OK? Like, wait. And it wasn't until more recently, especially with my kids and stuff like they're all creative, which is awesome. But realizing that not everybody does that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> well, maybe unintentionally we just found your job. Maybe you could make uh, soundtracks for movies. There you go. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we goof around. I kid you not to. And then, like, I'll just, yeah, goofing off. I do a lot of different voice impressions and I can, like, mimic people really easily. Um, There's one time, I, was, I don't even know where we were, but, like, we were eating somewhere in the reach. The waitress had, like, this, like, Russian accent or whatever, really, really an odd accent. And then she started talking and then I started doing it back. And, you know, James, like, I'm like, I'm not making fun of her. It's a, like, it's a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> and like the British accents, because my favorite show is actually a British show. And so like I can yeah. knock out a British accent like it's nothing. And we'll just start doing that in the house and stuff. He's like, this is so lame. And my kids are all in it to you being like, hey, don't be such a Debbie Downer. And like everything like that. And I'm like, oh my gosh. But we do that all the time. And like just out of habit, I'm like, hey, watch this. And like maybe in line for like Starbucks or whatever, I'll order the food with a freaking Keep <laughs> it interesting. Yeah. yeah. And the kids will be laughing or having fun. They're like, oh, you did that on purpose. I'm like, yes, yes, I did. Thank you very much. And like, That's too good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you gotta have fun. Doctor Who is your favorite show. Right? It is. Okay. It totally I thought is. so. Yes. Yeah. I think you had like the TARDIS in your, I've never seen it, but I just know all the cultural yeah, references, yeah. right? I have a TARDIS in my office right now. I thought so. And yeah. a sonic screwdriver. <laughs> I'll pretend. You know Doctor Who, you know what I'm talking about. Got Technically, out. it's number 10s too, if you want to know. So This is the Doctor Who episode right here. Yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes, I'm waiting. Man, the whole COVID thing threw off like all the new seasons and stuff like that, and they just announced a new Doctor, and I'm like freaking out. Who was it? I know the first guy was... The first guy from like the, the 1960s? <laughs> the, the guy I think of in my head, he's a relatively famous actor from, from the UK. David something? Oh, David Tennant. He's number 10. Yes. There it is. Bingo. He's really cool. He's come yeah. out with a lot of cool shows since then and stuff like that. Yeah. I haven't been able to watch. Like he was in Jessica Jones as like the bad guy. And I'm like, I can't watch this. I saw a couple episodes of him. I'm like, you're, you're ruining this for you're me. You're always this character. Right. I'm yeah. like, I can't do this. I'm sorry. I hear it. <laughs> oh, and he's going to be reuniting with one of my favorite uh, companions. And they're doing another Doctor Who episode. I'm so stoked. That's next year. I'm excited for you. <laughs> <laughs> like, yay. Um, sorry to anyone who's yes. not. <laughs> Now you know about me. <laughs> there you go. Annie, I just have one more question. All right. And this is, this is how we end all of these, yeah. these here episodes. If you could give a word of advice, not literally one word, but multiple words, <laughs> to new agents or struggling agents, what would you say to them? Ooh. Um, the biggest thing would be, you know, have a real conversation with whoever your brokerage is or like your team leader, your mentor, somebody along those lines to determine if real estate even is falling. Yeah. Um, I see way too many people going into this industry more as a hobby, uh, you know, make quick money. Side um, yeah. 
And it has nothing to do. It's not like that's wrong given their, you know, perception of what realtors are and all the shows and reality TV and stuff like that. Um, however, because of what we're doing and where we're involved with our consumers, it's definitely something where it's like, guys, you need to make this a commitment as a career for what it is. And, yeah. you know, it's okay if that's not who you are and that's not where you really want to be because then we can look at alternatives and other areas. Maybe it could be in real estate, but not necessarily as a realtor. Mm -hmm. There's other things you could be doing involved in this career, which is really, really cool that we have so many different avenues. Um, but you do have to have that conversation with someone. And then if the flip side, you love everything about this and you know you could do this, but you're like, hey, for whatever reason, my career isn't launching the way I need it to. And, you know, I got bills to pay. So, like, come on, that's a real situation and stuff. Oh, yeah. Definitely talk to your mentor about, like, where it is. Because it could be something as simple as, like, a little simple script practice with how you're presenting the information. Maybe you're not asking the right questions to get the conversion where you need to be. Yeah. Or it's something where maybe your systems aren't working right and you're not organized enough to be successful with this. So there's so many different avenues of this, again, because... There's not a set schedule and platform as far as like how to be a realtor book. You know, there's yeah. not one blueprint because it's so different where you are. So having that meeting, brainstorming it with somebody, like I said, in a mentorship, um, like to do that. Um, we have a lot of those conversations um, at one point as the productivity coach for Keller Williams mm -hmm. over in New Tampa. And so I would have that with people because like, oh, I've been doing this for six months and I've only made a couple deals. And I'm like, all right, well, let's walk through like what your day looks like. Let's walk through this. Well, you know, like, are you putting in the hours you need to to flourish? Or are you hurting yourself because you're not doing this? And it could be something as simple as that, and people don't realize that they're hurting themselves because of that. So having that conversation, have, you know, bringing it to light, being honest with yourself. <laughs> like, you're only going to hurt yourself if you're like, no, you know, I'm spending 10 hours a day doing this. Well, like, if you're literally just on the MLS looking at things, but you're not proactively reaching out to clients... I don't know how you think that's going to help doing? you. Yeah. What are you doing over there? <laughs> oh, my God. Little Vinny's like all messed up because he can't have breakfast. And it's all because you can't sit there and talk to a client. Like, what's up with you? <laughs> Voice actor. There it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, you started that one. I did. I did. <laughs> he brought it up. It's all him. That one just slips out sometimes, I'll be honest with you. Jersey's fun. No, that's, no, that's great advice. advice. Like, just being honest with yourself. Yeah. Um, again, one of those things that pops up here a lot. Treat it like a career, you'll get paid like a career. Yeah. Or treat it like a, I think that's what Mike said. <laughs> yeah, if you treat it like a hobby or a part-timer, then what do you expect? You know, yeah. You're like, yeah, I'm only going to work two hours a day. Like, okay, good luck with that paycheck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know some people outside of the brokerage that have their license that kind of do that. and like, I Because I see this side of it where this is people's full-time yeah, job. Yeah. And I'm like, you could be doing this. Come to 54 Realty. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then you think it's all the same no matter where you yeah. are because they don't really realize how different it could be, so. Yeah. They don't listen to me any. They don't listen to me. You know? <laughs> Dang it, Paul. You gotta just got to give them the phone number right? or something. You're yeah. like, come on. Look. Here. Have them watch this if they want to. Like, there you like, go. This is Reel what it takes. In. Okay, my battery is about to die, so I'm going to oh, wrap we go. this sucker up right here. Annie, do you want to promote anything? Plug anything? Oh my God. No, just, you know. Oh, okay. Probably the biggest thing is, seriously, if you're struggling, please, please, please have that conversation with somebody. If you need that kind of help, where more than do it. You don't even have to be part of our brokerage. Um, I realized this recently myself. Um, we had an open house where we literally just asked anybody and everybody who's interested in real estate to come. And it was amazing some of the questions that we were getting from outside people that had no idea like what they should be expecting, how it's working and stuff like that. And it was great just to talk to them to help them. 
create this career. Yeah. yeah. We definitely have a lot of tools and resources and it doesn't matter if you're here or if you're just out in there because we want to elevate this as a profession. So yes, please, please have that conversation. And if you're killing it, have that help others. Build it. Have that mentorship. This is awesome. Build a network, people. Right? Build a community. Yeah. <laughs> Call us. Beep us. You got Access. Oh my gosh. Beep us. Wow. You just... Wow, okay. <laughs> this is the throwback episode right here. Clearly, he just aged 30 That's years. That's right, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Folks, <laughs> thank you for tuning in. I hope you can still see my face and the camera's not dead. It looks like it's alive. Yes. Thank you for tuning in and welcome to another classic hour with Paul. <laughs> anyway. We're, we're going to be on NPR before you know it. <laughs> Listen, people. At The Real Estate Playbook on social media. The website is therealestateplaybook.com. There goes the camera. Oh, talk about timing. <laughs> Boom, laid it in there. Like, websites, realestateplaybook.com. Dead. Well, you're probably not seeing my face anymore, and I'm probably editing some kind of wacky little end screen here, but <laughs> thank you for listening. Annie, thanks for joining us. I really appreciate you. Oh, you are very welcome. And thank and you for listening. That's right. Subscribe, like, follow, drop a comment. Love you. Have a great night. Enjoy. <laughs>